Okay, hey guys, welcome back to the Play More Podcast. Again, this is Jay, I'm your host, and this is brought to you by Play It Again Sports in Kennesaw, Georgia, where we pay you to clean out your garage. Um, and I'm so lucky, lucky today to have a former, well, a friend and a, and a former Play It Again Sports franchisee who successfully sold his business and he's moving on to continue to create himself. And uh, uh, I've gotten a lot of good wisdom out of this guy over the years. He's got a book coming out. We're excited to get into that. And uh, Scott Ward, welcome. Hey. To the Playmore headquarters. Good to be here. This <laughs> yeah. is awesome. Yeah, man. Bringing it all back. How you been, buddy? I've been great. You look dynamite. <laughs> You're good. I feel good. That's good. Yeah, retirement's treating you well. Yeah, sort of, as you know, it's not a re- retirement. It's just sort of rearranging your stars. I like to quote that Heath Ledger movie with the, where he was the knight's tale. Yeah. And uh, I have, he, I he was know. born a pauper, and then uh, his father sent him off to be a squire with, for a knight, but then he figured out how to become a knight because they were so, you know, in the old English society, they were hemmed in by their class. He was able to overcome that and rearrange his stars. So I feel like I've done that twice in my life. And I'm, in the, I'm in the middle of doing that again. I'm trying to sh- jump, track, ship, whatever, do something totally different. Most interesting people I know are the people ones that are doing, still trying to yeah. re- recreate themselves. That's so it. good for you. That's it. That's good it. For you. So yeah, 20, 28 years as a played again sports franchisee with multi locations in Metro Atlanta, and we, you and I together, really. Road, the rodeo of the growth of that franchise when it was really, you know, being run by people who were trying to figure it out too, and then it was. They learned at the same rate we did yeah. and from us. We learned from them. They learned from us. Yeah, worked yeah. out well uh, in the long run if you could hang tough. And now, of course, it was it was purchased by a company that brought in a lot of really good people who understood retail and franchising and took it to another level. It's current, you know. Winmarks currently owns it, which is totally different from who had it when we started. Just <laughs> some, to make that clear. Some characters. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so great, great experience. And for me, and the play it again thing is still alive and well, but I think that we were interactive retail before interactive experiential retail was cool. Recycling before it was even cool. And we were recycling before recycling was cool. So we were ahead of the curve in many ways. But uh, for me, the the experience of this business wasn't so much about sports because I personally like, okay, sports is cool, but I really could care less who was in second place in the National League West or whatever on <laughs> in week 16. For me, Same. it was a community business. Mm. Getting to know your neighbors, getting involved, and then, yeah, the recycling stuff. So fortunate. So I feel like, to this day, I feel like the luckiest man on the planet because of what we do. We get to be, we get to be involved in the community. And, uh, yeah, we're on the front lines. And people to come, up, come to us with some stories and some needs. People are begging you to get involved in the community. Yeah, yeah. And so just feel... Uh, it's just a pleasure, as uh, you say in your book about Chick-fil-A using that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I started reading your book, by the way. Scott has a book out called uh, uh, Scar- Scabs, Scars, and Pots of Gold. True, right? Yep, True Life Stories of a Successful Franchisee. Yeah. So it's actually going to come out self-published Amazon in about six weeks or so. So excited. Um, hopefully by July. Um, 
but yeah, so it's basically an archetype story, which you, you totally can relate to. I, 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 I uh, read first 20 pages or so the other day when you sent it, and then um, last night kind of ripped through the remainder of it. Need to, need to read it again because I was skimming over it. I wanted to touch base, and my goodness, yeah, I could relate. <laughs> I could relate every step of the way, and still, and there's a lot of good advice in there, and a lot of stuff that uh, I feel like we were both did so many things right and so many things wrong, <laughs> all in the same deal. And sometimes I felt like I was, you know, as sharp as anybody out there. And there's other times I'm like, my goodness. What have you done? What am I doing? What am I doing? You've yeah. really done it now. Uh-oh. And I oh think Oh my gosh, this, it's going to be taken away from me. Yeah. What's that? Uh, yeah. The overwhelming I don't think that anybody outside of our business or any business for that matter can appreciate the the fine lines and the thin margins and the and the times when you're just Oh my gosh. How am I going to make this happen? Yeah. As you say in your book, you're ripping over to find a bank that'll uh, let you do a cash advance on your wife's credit card. Like, oh, I got to pay the payroll. Wait, I no, sales taxes payroll. are due. And you know, that's that's my. I think that's my my best accomplishment in my going on 26 years this year. Uh, I've never missed a payroll, yeah. and I'm so proud of that. Me neither. Never uh, missed one. Never had but to make excuses. I, hey, sorry, yeah. catch up with you next week and. Oh my goodness. And I think even though it's it is and you have to in these day and age pick out a niche and so I obviously picked out the franchise niche cuz these are franchises we own, small business, but so much of it relates to big business. Uh one of the analogies It's all the same. Yeah, you know how they say all politics is local? Yeah. Well, I think all business is small. Yeah. If you really look at who is most successful in that kind of stuff, you know, Delta. Treat it that way. Yeah, Delta Airlines, Chick-fil-A, UPS, each and every contact and client, they, they treat them as as a small business neighbor. Hey, I'm going to see you in the grocery store one day, and I don't want to have to hide behind a pile of cucumbers because, like, oh, that guy <laughs> over there, he didn't. Right. No, man, we're, we're going to treat We're in this together. We're in this together. That's the... Uh... <laughs> You know, when you you mentioned some uh, some big hurdles over the years, I think you mentioned three big ones: uh, some economic downturns and right. tech bubbles and, and things yeah. like that, which we're going through right now. Yeah, yeah. Which um, exactly? But you know, when we go through these, and I would add nine eleven into that mix. Okay. For for us, our, our sales dropped that year like a hundred grand. I didn't even mention it, but you're right. That was another one of them. And uh, each time, you're like, <laughs> you forget. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, flow. There's no W on flow. Oh, there's no flow. She's just F L O. F L O. Flow, cash flow, or flow the, the yeah, waitress. The waitress. <laughs> uh, but yeah, each time it's like, oh, this is it. This is it's all coming to an end now. Oh my gosh, and and it's interesting because maybe it's um, small business in general, but but uh, our business model is is so great, and, and especially guys like you. Uh, who, even when you're getting your ass kicked, just staying enthused and stuff, the, the community and the customers in the community seem to rally and, and, and have, mm -hmm. have come to our aid mm -hmm. and, and, I, and, and thankful that we're here and we're still open and appreciative. And you're like, 
it, it goes so far, you know. I mean, my oh, goodness, yeah. when when they give back like that, you just like want to break down and start crying. You can see you grind it, yeah. But you're like, gosh, does anybody even care? <laughs> you know, and when they do, oh, it's best. Yeah, and the leaders of the leaders of our companies, small and large, and and whatever governments and everything too, when they can impart upon whoever they're leading, their report tos, you know you're in a, some big division of some multi-enterprise company. But if you can relate to those people that follow you with that, okay, to me you may not feel like you earned your paycheck, but look what you took home, you know. You, you're working for more than just a paycheck, basically. Mm. If you can go home at the end of the day and say, all right, that was yeah. Awesome. If I'd never even opened the door, I would have done better because I had more returns than I had. <laughs> <laughs> opened up with a return. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh man, I should have just stayed closed today. But, but but because you, you know, you fulfilled and made lives better through whatever it was. Okay, yeah. I like the stories you shared about some of your customers in your book and uh, uh, the ones that, well, you know, when you hadn't seen them in a while and you really start to kind of worry about them and yeah, oh, your wonderful community. The crazy ones, the good ones, the ones you, yep. Ones that yell you up and down, but then they're yeah. back and they're in a better mood the next time. Yeah. And, and they'll even say, you know, hey, sorry about that. I, <laughs> everyone has a bad day. Yeah, I tell them, well, my turn next time. I'll be, and that's what's I'll so cool grumpy. about, yeah, well said. <laughs> that's what's so cool about in here is because for the most part, uh, people are in such a good mood when they come in here. Right. You know, and I've said it before, but they're outfitting their kids for the first time right. in a sport. How fun is yeah. that? Or they're making a change in their life, fitness-related. Cool. They're, like the podcast, playing more. You know, they're like, yeah. hey, let's do this. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, you, you've seen this, too. The, the playing more, you know, there's the, the mental side of that and the physical side. But I have not read a single health article, medical diagnosis, any kind of, you know, you can look up everything on there, how to fix some situation in your body that doesn't say exercise, walking helps cure this, helps provide a better basis for curing. You know, if you can just, if you can just get out and play more and maybe you're Maybe you do have a disability where your body doesn't play like others play, but by golly, you can play in some situation, way, shape, or form. And play it again. Totally had a great campaign for that years ago, right? You know, everybody plays. And everybody plays. Mar yeah. It was just a marketing thing. Yeah, you and Park came up with that, didn't you? Yeah, we yeah. did actually as a as an entire franchise advisory council with input from all the local store owners yeah. and all the local store owners, you being a major one, uh, when people walk into your store, we used you as an example of when people come in, they can play. Yeah. And then whether it's tooting a horn or ringing a bell yeah. or, or saying, hey, you look like you need to try out a treadmill today. You look like you want to try out a bicycle. Okay, let's go over here and let's put on these skis just see if they fit you know yeah. well, i wasn't coming in for skis well <laughs> like a swing this golf club and um yeah ringing off the hook baby yes see? sorry You're folks calling I, in. it's the hotline coming in it's uh season two here on the podcast and uh the last episode i did i was down in costa rica uh surfing uh or surfing and interviewing the, uh, the surf camp owner 
and his COO um, of Witches Rock Surf Camp. But uh, then uh, the whole uh, the whole pandemic hit, and so we haven't had a podcast yet. So I'm coming out of a mini retirement. So I forgot to stash the phone. Is what I'm getting to. <laughs> Sorry. So at some point I'll throw it out, out the door. But uh, no, it's uh, you know play more is an awesome name for this. I hope people have been listening in and getting inspired by you and the people you bring in because everyone has a different situation, and so everyone's relativity of getting back going but uh, just a real super quick thing about about a spirit of a woman who uh, will kind of go into mosquito season um, she was one of 600 people out of the many thousands a year that get West Nile virus oh wow she got West most people that get bit by the a, a mosquito you get you get the virus and you don't even know it how about that okay it's just you know just comes you don't even know it Lightened. and then there's there's probably another like very small percentage that it's like a cold little you, you don't even recognize it as being whatever it is but there's then there's another 600 people out of these that have a severe reaction every year or more and uh, hers was she was paralyzed from the waist up oh. so figure out what your nervous system has to do it just totally counterintuitive how you think your nerve the energy on your nerve and your spine flows she was the only one in Shepherd spinal center that ever been paralyzed from the, up. from the waist up so she could kick and kick her legs like crazy but she almost stopped breathing twice I mean she, oh, and man. so her spirit the last year and a half she has come back and she is now bending at the waist she's gotten off of her um, ventilator she's gotten off a of ventilator she's on a ventilator for a year um, she can. She, that's her amazing. Fingers, uh, her that's arms a... can't still work, but her hands can work. She's a dear, wonderful person. But for as far as play more, they went to a drive-in movie the other night. She got Where's on a drive-in. It's got North Georgia. Somewhere. Oh, I gotta figure out where it is. There's one up. Yeah, and then they went. Uh, they went on a three-wheel motorcycle ride, and they she uh, she she her. got strapped in. She could kind of hold on with her hands, and then she had a like a. Chest strap seatbelt to hold her up. Oh, uh, good for her. Um, um, and I'm man, sorry, it was I gotta awesome. Make, I already got to make the weekend at Bernie's. Play show. more. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she takes it in good spirit if yeah. she's listening. <laughs> anyway, so just to kind of keep going with your play more theme, it's uh, it's it's a it's a spirit. It's a spirit. I love that. That's right. It's a spirit. That's all life. it is. Because we get to do. We don't have to. And we're running out of time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, sand's not going back up up into the hourglass. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the days of our lives. So, okay, so you're you're uh, an outdoorsy guy. Yeah, tree hugger. Uh, tree hugger. And so, have, have you 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 hiked part of the Appalachian Trail? Yeah. You've been out west with your your I guess yep. your your kids. Yep. Uh, Went um, out there for several you know camping or camping, uh, Boy snow scouts. skiing, yeah. scouts. We did all that uh, high adventure based stuff. Canada, sailing. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. That's, that's it. it. It is. It's that's how I, you that's know, how you roll. sailing. Yeah, I love to get up. So what's going on with the sailing thing? You got your captain's license? Yeah, you, there. You know, there are several different groups: ASA sailing, U.S. sailing. Uh, that you can get your basic sailing, kind of 101, 102, 103, 104 kind of thing, yeah. and you work your way up to the point where you have a charter certificate. You know, you've learned to. To, you can take charter boats out, out of whatever marinas around the coasts or wherever, 
and just like a lot of things, you would keep a, a log, a sailing log, so that when you call those people, they can verify that you have the credentials to take out a 50-foot Beneteau for seven days or whatever. So two families and not like my resume coming out of college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had skills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, so for me that's uh, definitely a slice of heaven because it's mm. um, you know, it's 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 basically a wing you're sailing. A sailboat wing is you're flying that flying wing is going sideways though instead of like an airplane wing which is horizontal. Mm. Okay. This wing is is sucking boat forward instead of lifting you with an airplane wing. How about that? It's the same, same basic uh, physics. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. As much water time as I've had, I've never learned how to sail. I've been on sailboats a couple yeah. times. But... Yeah. You know, what? It's, it's kind of, it is kind of like flying in the sense that uh, flying it is really easy. It's the takeoff and the landing that you want to get right. <laughs> so bring the boat into anchor or, or leaving a port. Those are kind of making sure. Turn the motor on. Turn the motor on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, doldrums. Yeah. All right. So, um, so those are all good things. But, yeah, to, to kind of bring it back around, you know, I the way I really love the thing about play against sports and the play more spirit is that um, it, it really was the business of playing. It combined, when I decided to do this business, to me it was like, okay, you know, it's the business of community. It's the business of sports. It's the business of, of recycling. It was a way to monetize recycling. Uh, all of those things wrapped up to make it. You great were such thing. an early adopter. Yeah, either that or I was a, I was a, an early dummy. Or <laughs> but uh, so yeah, we that that again is why the play it again model and play more and you know I'm wrapping that around now and like I said rearranging my stars so that. Uh, I actually mentored, I counted now six former employees to own their own business. That's amazing. And then helped other franchisees around the country when they were getting in stuck. I think I even talk in the book, mm -hmm. you know, about when you're stuck. You know, the, yeah. the scariest thing in the woods is making a decision sometimes, right? And we were <laughs> talked about being stuck in an Appalachian Trail. Yeah. yeah, one of the old... With the mice? With, yeah, so... so <laughs> the right. rats? Like sometimes you just feel like you're in this... In this uh, do, I'll just stay here. I won't do anything. Yeah, I can't move. And in business, that happens. Yeah. But my analogy in the book was, you know, the scariest thing in the woods. I'm up at one of the... Um, back in the in this Depression era, you know, the Shelter. Civil Conservation Corps went out and built those shelters all up and down the Appalachian Trail. Now some are newer, but the old ones were made out of rock and wood and all this stuff. But you can shelter there overnight. Um, usually, you, if you're just for a day hike or a couple nights, you stay out of them and let the through hikers yeah, get some it, rest yeah. Yeah. and go on up. But but they're, they're notorious for having mice. So I've never stayed in one. I always just stayed in my tent because I left. I never was a through hiker. I came to this one shelter. I'm like, there's nobody there. Hey, I don't have to set up my tent. Easy. I'm gonna throw it on my bag. I look through the. There's always a diary at these shelters. Also, pretty cool. And everyone writes a little something. Every entry was like, mice, mice. There's always. I'm like, yeah, well, what's up? Looking, I'm a big boy. I can do this. I'm not scared of little mice. <laughs> so that night, after eating and everything went. I'm, I'm, it went, got dark, and it's dark like 
dark, you can't see your hand in front of your face dark. Like your eyes are wide open and you think you're still asleep. <laughs> it's that dark. Yeah, you use the analogy in your book. You couldn't tell if your eyes were open. Yeah, I couldn't see if yeah. my eyes were even open. But I'm, I'm okay, I'm going to sleep. So I hear this little, after about 15 minutes, I start hearing a little scrabble. Okay, that's that mouse. And I hear a little another one. And then it just started getting louder, and my, of course, imagination starts taking over. And I, I, it was like stereo. And I was thinking, these little guys have got like little dinner napkins on. They got their fork and knife. We got out. another one. They're like, boom, boom, boom. You know, we got a live one. Food me. I just was like, I am out of here. I stayed about an hour, and I was just couldn't take it. I was got up and. But once I started moving, I had a plan. I was like, I was out, and I felt better, and I got that set up. Um, but it was so funny. Next, that next morning, even though I had hung my food up in a tree by a cable, a mouse had still gotten into it 20 feet up in a tree. I was like, those little devils. Impossible. They were, they were experts. But you're right. You, like in your book, you, you, uh, it's basically like in business or in life. It's all the same thing, making decisions and, and not being, you know, well, drive thy business or it will drive thee right kind of scenario right make so, a decision right or wrong whether it's hiring or firing or marketing or oh my gosh COVID-19 is hit and everyone is shutting down there were so many different reactions to this even within the same businesses you know some people pivoted mm -hmm. and just got super super proactive and we talked about doing the pickup and delivery of bicycles off the end of the driveway to do service. I'll, mm -hmm. you know, we'll repair your, we'll tune it up and bring the bike back to you. Yeah. You don't have to get out of the house. You don't have to. And so there's all kinds of cool things people were doing, and then other people were just locked. They were just frozen. They couldn't seem to act and get out there and, and get out of their own heads. But, uh, you know, the ones that move, the ones that start doing things, suddenly it's like, oh, I've got cash flow and I've got creative juice going kept my employees excited even though maybe we had to cut back some hours here and there it kept people employed and 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 now as we roll out of this slingshot forward oh ricky bobby ricky bobby <laughs> yeah um shake and bake shake city. and bake it's how you turn a dead end into a cul-de-sac cul yeah, yeah that's my whole line there too so i I, re I did enjoy your book by the way it, I, think it, I think it'll help people but at the same time it's like you know, when you're taking on a new business, you can kind of only absorb so much and implement so much. Absolutely. And so if, if even any one of those little things, someone can take little notes and, and not let that be such a big bump in the road yeah. when they run across that yeah. particular issue if it comes up. And it will, because oh, yeah. it's all the same. It's Don't cyclical. try to learn it all now as you're going into business or even as you're maybe you've been in business three years and you're at this next stage. Yeah, it's okay. You're you're learning. You're, everyone learns as they go. It's just you know, being aware that you're still learning. If <laughs> you don't know it all yet, man. And uh, how do you, how do you separate confidence from ego? Yeah, it's a tight wire. Golly, man. You got to have a little bit of ego and and almost like positive blindness. <laughs> it's like to go, to push forward and do the things that people. But it gets you in trouble too. But yeah, so having those mentors sometimes, having mm. a group of, uh, uh, you know, not only mentors, but having maybe sort of people that you can bounce ideas, partners that are, 
maybe he's been around the block a little bit, yeah. reach out and ask for those. There's a there's a group out that's been out since I think the 50s or 60s, and I'm actually volunteered and I've done some public speaking. I'm doing a Zoom meeting actually next month, and it's called SCORE. Yeah. It's actually all around the country. It might even be international. It's called it's Society. SCORE is the is uh, actually Service Corps of Retired Executives. Yeah, brilliant. And they do this for free, guys. Free. Big F-R-E-E. Love that word. Free. No matter where you are in business, you can um, get a mentor. And they have free online classes. Some There's a couple little fees for a couple, but they're no more than about 15, 20 bucks. And I challenge you to find the cheapest, cheaper course. How's that work? Does, does one specific guy take on your yeah take on your challenge? Yeah, you can or kind you of be an interview. around to the next. So you you take on one specific person, okay. who would be your mentor and you be their mentee, and you build a rapport and a relationship, and it can last you know one meeting or it could last years. Years. It's yeah. just up to you, and that person though will start to identify needs in you personally, and mm. needs in your business, maybe needs in your team. And then they will reach out within the SCORE community and bring in maybe some expertise in that area. Mm. And that's where they've asked me to come in. That The other way that I'm remaking my stars after uh, the Play It Again sports store is that I'm, um, I've am i signed leases all over Metro Atlanta, so I am now mentoring and advising as a commercial real estate Agent. advisor. Uh, I am a tenant rep buyer rep only. So I never represent landlords. I only represent businesses and companies in their leasing or purchasing needs. Mm -hmm. We also work with them in their subleasing needs. So with this COVID-19, there's a lot of talk about, oh, wow, we've got three or four more years, two years, 18 months on our lease still, but we really don't need that extra half a floor or whatever. We've got 10,000 square feet. We, we, we really only need six. Let's sublease part. Mm -hmm. We're helping people with subleasing. So all of that. So with back to the score thing, they've asked me to speak. Uh, this will be the second time I've spoken on leasing. Uh, they kind of call it leasing 101, pitfalls in, in leasing. I call it get the right people, ask the right questions before you sign your first lease. And those little clauses like really popped up in the news lately, the force majeure clause which basically outlines all of these reasons why either you or the landlord don't have to perform and or blah 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 any parts of the lease but if you'll be very careful and look at the very last sentence 99.9 percent .9 of the time because most people blow over it as boilerplate which is a phrase that makes the hair on my neck stand up mm -hmm. there's no boilerplate it says Notwithstanding anything previously said, <laughs> you're on the hook. You have to pay the rent, yeah. hell or high water. Yeah. So that's where a lot of you're seeing a lot of conversation around that particular clause. Mm -hmm. um, now, people who have representation or or they negotiate that clause or get a real estate attorney, and that's one thing is that a a real estate agent can negotiate the business points. But you need an attorney to review it and give you advice on negotiating the legal points. So there's a difference. You're right. I, so I, don't let a real estate agent say, oh, yeah, yeah, I did. Get, get an attorney for that. Get an agent for there's a, you know, there's When I first signed my lease here uh, in 
spring of 94, uh, we had a, uh, the, the real estate agent actually encouraged uh, this verbiage in there, a, a rent abatement clause. There you go. Genius, right? For those of you listening, that's like if a <laughs> certain percent, percentage of tenants go, go dark here in the strip mall, then uh, yeah, we get a break on our, on our, our rent or our lease or whatever. And uh, when a few years into it, three or four years into it, I was expanding and bulletproof, had everything figured out. I'm a genius, you know, I'm growing. And, uh, and we expanded and the landlord held firm on that rent abatement deal. And I personally got tired of the, of the debate and didn't hire that, hire that person to, uh, to drill it home for me. And uh, I caved in. And I'm telling you, Scott, and you probably remember, but three with, years later, well, it started with, going with, dark. Within a year, uh, dude. Within, I mean, uh, the movie theater left, and we knew that was coming. But uh, all the other um, now see. here, I'll tell you, the landlord knew that was coming. Oh yeah, because he knew his whole portfolio. Sure. Yeah. So that's where again having a tenant rep working mm-hmm. for you specifically. Right. The tenant reps know the landlords. They know their business. They also know other parts of their portfolio around the city and or country. And, oh, he just sold one. Oh, he just purchased one. Oh, he's cash flow. And, and so sometimes... They know what they can squeeze and what they can't. There's just a little bit of subtlety that becomes very important in approaching. Yeah. Because you do want to approach the landlord as a partnership. Yeah. When you're buying a piece of property, it's it's you know a one and done. See, you may never see those people again. But with the lease, you're in bed, you're married yeah. for a certain period of time. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Well, yeah, that so that one haunted me for for Ouch. some time, <laughs> and I made the same mistake with yeah. uh, Florida real estate. Right. Didn't want to listen to the few people that were really trying to make me answer the questions to justify what I was getting myself into and how I was going to make it work, work if this, this, or this. It was just going to work out. <laughs> because up to that point, I had nearly been bulletproof. Right. Everything had worked out. Sure. Should, sure. You know, land, they don't make any more of it. You know? <laughs> but to your, to your credit, you know, you've learned and gone on and survived, and there's a lot of people that know. Well, and, and that's why I always will have the most utmost respect for you, because You've done the same thing with your stores when you expanded, and you're a survivor. And uh, let me tell you, there, there's 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 franchisees within our system, and certainly in every other business you could, industry you could think of that hadn't been through the half of it and folded. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. And so that goes back to your you know enthusiasm, and, and, and you 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 in part helped shape the way you know how I wanted to run run my store as far as the the, the use and just keep it coming and serving the community buying stuff and yeah. and looking out for them. And I treat it, and I've said this yeah. before, like uh, I try to treat it like uh, uh, the movie It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, it when, is. When Jimmy Stewart's out there and... and uh, I thought the same thing. And, and, he, and he's just just trying to do right by everybody. And then the town rallies for yes. him in the end, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and that's... It's, and what, are, what else are we really living for? You know, we just t- you talked about, you know, time's passing. And if, 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 if you don't have that part of those golden part of your soul that you've experienced, I mean, wow, I feel, I feel bad for you. I feel bad, you. yeah. It's like, wow, I feel like, 
yeah, I may not have as many bags of Cheetos in the closet as somebody else. <laughs> I always make that joke when I was a kid. My mom would never buy Cheetos because we couldn't afford them. Or something. It's like, whoa, we've hit it big, man. Cheetos we got tonight. Cheetos, you know, Flame not hot. just regular old Lay's. You got. So, so I always think of myself like, how much is enough, right? If you yeah. if you don't have something for yeah, your soul, be in the present, right. and that's where. And what playing more does for me, whatever your hobby is, lifting weights, yep. you're really giving it your all. You're you're in the moment, and you can't really think about much else because you got that hour. You just dedicated, mm-hmm. and then, or if you're a surfer, or if you're a mm-hmm. a golfer or something, you can't be thinking about and the stress, the meetings yeah. later tomorrow right, or right. whatever. You're focused in the moment. You're focused in the moment. And you know what? Just to add on to that, that's what win. is really cool about is that whole thing is that, um, and boy, I'm going to lose my train of thought. There it goes, slipping through my head. Oh, um, when you're focused on that, and that's your, oh, I'm blanking out. Oh, I know what it was. I was going to speak to the folks out there that are the typical, I mean, we, you and I both went through this. We, you're trying to keep good habits. You know, it may be just playing the guitar once a day or, yeah. or doing your yoga or trying to get an exercise regimen going. And I hate that phrase because it really needs to become more of a lifestyle. And I struggled with it for probably 10 years. Typical, you know, yeah. go to the gym, do really well for six weeks, and then it would be, you know, maybe two days a week and then it'd be a day and then two days and then a day every other week and then maybe you'd skip a couple weeks and then so oh you're busy you got stuff going on it's up and down it's pulling away from you but I finally went through that whole back and forth seesaw but kept it going to the point where now if I don't do something active within three or four days and I haven't done it I feel icky. Cheating yourself. It's but it's a physical ickiness. Yeah. It's like okay, can you imagine it's not a drug. not brushing your teeth for four days, oh, gosh. four or five days? That's the way my body starts feeling if I haven't done something physical. And it can be just walking around the block, yeah. riding a bike, paddling around the pond. It can be different every something, day. Yeah. Something. Something. I start feeling like icky. Yeah. icky like Same. not brush your teeth icky and then then I realized whoa I, I found the magic it really is a lifestyle the training wheels it's like cheating I got the secret I got the secret recipe I gotta tell everybody about this <laughs> it's the lifestyle now it's not a it's not a exercise regimen mm. it's who you are it's who you are yeah, I look at it as I, I get to I don't have to yeah. and only for so much longer because yeah. it'll be a prison sentence the day that you can't for whatever yeah. reason. That could happen today. Anyone we can yeah. step off curb and yeah, whatever, yeah, you know. Yeah. Play more. Play more. Play more, baby. Now you know what you know, one little thing, awesome podcast. I, I think you need some sound effects. I think you need a squeaky horn. <laughs> That's you know. a good point. Somebody man. hits a play more somebody hits a good Wee! note, you get pipe whistles. <laughs> a genius. <laughs> I almost brought my lava lamp from home. Oh, today, nice. that would have I've got two. Yeah, I've got two and I almost brought one of them and I like uh, I don't want to I'll just get another they one. They were actually in my office for years yeah. and then I took I love that. I love, home. I love the lava lamp. Well, I remember Margaret, uh, a franchisee in uh-huh. Tennessee years ago. She had uh, 
she had one in her store. I just thought that was cool. Well, we were all, that's just, I think there's an indication that we all had a light DNA. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we weren't uh, corporate dudes that coming out with a pot of money to, to open a business. This was, this is all I ever wanted. I mean, all I ever wanted to do was own my own business. Yeah. And I was so fortunate yeah, me that, too. that this fell in my lap because I was going to open any, the first thing that would let me, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it was just dumb luck. Because this is a, a sustaining model. If I don't screw it up, and every day I think, just don't screw this up, man. I, <laughs> what else you gonna do? I ain't got nothing. Well, I, I said, got nowhere to go. Even if, like I said, even if they, you know, for whatever reason there was a plague and you literally had to shut your doors, you could deliver everything. Yeah. The services, get to people's driveways. Okay, we'll stay six feet away. We'll evaluate your stuff. We'll disinfect, yeah. and then we'll make you a deal. Just adapt. Adapt. And that's yeah. the beauty of a small business over a larger. You can you can stick and move a little bit faster. But people talk about the end of retail, and retail is actually not going anywhere. Yeah. It's just it's just evolving and pivoting ever since it's ever it always has. Yeah. For hundreds of years, it's pivoted and changed and upgraded with technologies or you know whatever. So ways to deliver the same services. So. Uh, so early on, some early old school. Did I ever meet Glenn, by the way? I don't know. Glenn, Glenn yeah, he's an awesome guy. But uh, he, he was actually, he and I parted in 94. So if you met him, it was just once or twice yeah, at the co-op, maybe one of the co-op meetings. Probably. And then, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we were 91 to 94, end of 94. And then... You got to understand, both Scott and I. He started a few years before me, but uh, we both had <laughs> literally the, a shoestring budget, oh, if yeah. there ever was one. Uh -huh. I'm telling you, we just made do, fixed gorilla, stuff. Guerrilla marketing is what they used to call it. Yeah. Ninja marketing is kind of what they're starting to call things now. But it's the same stuff. Dude, we drove all over creation trying to scare up inventory to stock the store. I was going down to the interstates. I put signs, yard sale signs, all along the exits of the interstate exit near me on northbound and southbound yeah. with arrows pointing. <laughs> Come did, this way. Did the, did the sign guys ever kind of? Oh sure, you know, yeah. you know, as part of the deal, was sort of a, you just hope they lasted a week. Yeah, yeah, we 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 did that for some time. Uh, like you know, same deal. Promoted the store, and we got away with it for a couple few weeks, putting them out on just like for Friday nights and picking it up Sunday evening. Beg and for forgiveness. And uh, that's what we did, and they, and they said yeah, that's fine. We'll let you off the hook this time. The next time, it's whatever, you know, 80 bucks a sign or whatever. You know, you got Ouch. 20 signs out there. You're like, oh, I better stop. You know? But yeah. uh, I think about old Baby Blue, your old delivery oh, truck, sure. man. The old truck, old Blue Mule. What, 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 what's the story was, behind the Blue Mule? Well, that was my, that was my dad's truck. Mm -hmm. And then he passed away. And so, I, from my dad, I got his truck, yeah. his guns, yeah. and his tools. Okay. That was the big bequeathment of my dad's <laughs> estate. <laughs> All right. Which was not too bad, you know. Yeah, I mean, with that kind of stuff, nothing, yeah. a, you guy can live and eat and make things, you know, <laughs> all things around. So, um, but yeah, the, the, it was that old baby blue color that if, if you've been in Georgia for any length of time, you can remember the Department of Transportation. All of the DOT trucks back in the 60s and 70s were that baby blue, baby blue. color. 
and no one else would buy one. But my dad bought one because that was what was left on the lot and he could take a water hose and clean out the inside of it with, with the water hose. I've had other people tell me about that, about old trucks. That's what they love about it. Just, Just hose spray it out. it out, hose it out. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I had stick shift and I trained a lot of my employees to drive stick shift. How to drive stick. I thought that was sort of an essential skill for any young person to learn in life was how to drive a stick shift. Not easy if you've never done it. Yeah, so we we get hiccup it around it. <laughs> Jerk it around the <laughs> corner. Around the parking lot a lot. After hours, our parking lot's kind of empty. It's like, okay, <laughs> let's go. So I had borrowed uh, uh, a friend of mine's baby blue pickup right after we opened to deliver some equipment up in Lake Arrowhead. And just super steep driveway, you know, turn, uh, you know, uh, kind of meandering steep driveway and I remember trying to back out of that thing and I, I couldn't do it so I tried to do a three-point <laughs> turn spin the wheel I got in his bed and I'm like spinning the wheels and his flowers are <laughs> spinning <laughs> and, and he's like I just he said to sternly sternly as can be just quietly just like keep it on the driveway <laughs> yes sir he probably didn't care about the flowers it was the wife he had to go answer yeah, to yeah I got an answer too <laughs> Uh, but I know you have a million oh, stories yes. like that. And I just want those stories to relate back to to small business, which again becomes big business. Uh, Delta Airlines started out on Macon, in Macon, passing out flyers. Hand flyers, had one plane, dust cropper plane, they were on the streets of Macon handing out flyers. That's how Delta Airlines got started. So everybody has a guerrilla marketing story. Yeah, how about that? But if I can also bring these stories and relate them back to cash flow, because you, <laughs> if you don't have, you can be as profitable as you want to be on paper, but if you don't have the cash to pay your current bills, life is sucks. It's, it's so hard to, to, to learn and figure out so, and, and master. I don't know if you ever master it, but it's so hard to... I, yeah, it's a balance, and you know another great little analogy is actually a movie that was, came out a couple years ago. There's a great little book about it. It's called The Art of Racing in the Rain. Okay. So if you've not read the book, yeah. the book's great. The movie's pretty good, but the book really dials it into that, and they talk about this guy, you know, he's, he's, he's working his way up to be Formula One. He's got to go through all the little kart races, and he's got to get, get up to the you know, the Daytona, if I race on the teams, that he's great. He's excellent at racing in the rain because he knows just how far he can push a certain set of tires, a certain track, when everyone else is, like, pulling back mm -hmm. and a little hesitant. He, his confidence, I mean, he knows when to pull back, but he has confidence to the point of where he can get right on the edge. And cash flow management, is exactly the art of racing in the rain. Everything relates to life. Everything relates to business. <laughs> and it's so, true. When yeah. we were, we started out, we kind of took off like a rocket ship. And we were growing and getting awards and this and that and pats on the back. And we were broke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Couldn't pay oh, the bills. Oh, I got bills to do. And oh, I'm oh, going to do that. Yeah. All the money's on the shelf. Or... Yeah. Yeah, reinvested in inventory. It's so tricky. It's such a delicate balance. And uh, 
Yeah, so that's one thing that, you know, if, if people, you're out there and, you know, we want you to go play more, but think about, you know, how, how those kind of things can relate to other parts of your life. Maybe it's your, you know, a lot of people are under stress right now, financial stress right mm -hmm. now. They're playing that art of racing in the rain. Do I pay for medications? Do I pay for my son's, you know, whatever, you know, whatever it is, my daughter this, my son, my mother, we're all taking care of older parents, um, and I got to pay the rent, or else out the door I went, as George Thurgood. <laughs> George Thurgood. Yeah, you out know, the door I, I went. went. <laughs> but it's a hard reality, and it's a, it's a, a big float. scary, scary time right now for a lot of people. I'll throw out one statistic of hope that, you know, everyone's bouncing around like how soon we're going to open, can we open safe, um, and that is, um, they're talking about unemployment right now is like 14.5% or whatever. I think that a large portion of that, at least the first numbers, we're all restaurant, a lot of restaurant employees and service and yeah. retail people. I think that's going to come back. They're talking about within three to four months that unemployment will drop back, that 50% of that will come back. Yeah, drop to 8% or something. And so then we're back, yeah, we're back at maybe 6.5%, 7%. Which, if you look at 65 to 7% in, a, in the context of a recession, yeah, it's probably about right. Yeah, it's not good. Nobody wants to be there, right. but it's not the end of the world unemployment, where what we've done is this huge 60, 90-day hiccup you know, it's like a snake swallowing a huge rat. It's like, oh, I gotta get this out of my system. We're working it through, and uh, it's it's tough. And God bless anybody out there having to go through this. But it's uh, we're gonna get through this. Yeah. We just kind of put it in perspective, and that'll help. And go play a little bit. Well, hey, <laughs> get out and run around. Get a jump rope. Climb a tree with your kids. Get up in a tree or something. Something. Well, that's, that's been, you know, the silver linings on anything. And, you know, you see, okay, we sell sporting goods, all right, and a lot of team sports stuff, so baseball and lacrosse and all this stuff. So normally people are just, you know, four night, right now, four nights a week practice, and they had tournaments or games all weekend and splitting their families up. And, all right, the hu husband's taking some of the kids here, the wife's taking some there, and then they're eating fast food and love because they don't have time, to, and they're missing that quality family dinner time. And here it is now this this terrible deal that we're all going through but you're seeing and you were asking about our supply chain and stuff yeah. so right. so like bicycles for example so everyone's everyone's bike we sold out of bikes we're having a very tough time getting more but you see people out doing things and now together with a family that they wouldn't have had time to do if they're yep. dialed into what they perceive yeah. as being the the path yeah. they have to take and uh you know, whatever they're you know at home playing cards or games yeah. or doing these other things and mm -hmm. going sitting out back around you know backyard yeah. fire pit or whatever. I totally agree. You're looking at your kids now in a different light, mm -hmm. and they're looking at you in a different light. Yeah. And if you've got elementary school kids, these buying these ties right now, and middle school kids, as 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 rocky times come as they're growing up and getting into high school, maybe they'll be more likely to actually ask you. Or open up to you a little bit, and you don't have to struggle so much because they you've built this this groundwork where they can trust you. Mm -hmm. You That's know, great. it's interesting. It's tough. 
Everybody's different. Everybody's got a different road to hoe, but but this will be they'll, quality they'll, time is quality for a reason. And they'll remember this time positively because kids are are more knowledgeable about world affairs now than they, than we were when we were kids because yeah. they have access and they're being inundated That's by true. information. But it's still that pure magic time in their lives. Mm -hmm. And like when we grew up in whatever, the snowstorm of 77 or whatever, and <laughs> our, our school was literally shut down for six weeks um, because the gas lines, they couldn't heat it. Oh, wow. And so, yeah. but I remember that summer. I don't remember, or winter. I don't remember the winter before. I don't remember the winter after. Mm -hmm. But that one hanging out at the house and yeah. powering down donuts or whatever, yeah. you know. And, and it was magical. It was. But uh, no, back to the supply uh, chain. Like, so it's explained to me. Uh, you know, China shut down production for like you know, three months or whatever, right? So with dumbbells and yeah. as it relates to steel. us, so steel, sporting steel goods and stuff, benches and yeah. weight bars and dumbbells and weight plates and all of that stuff. So when collectively all us retail retailers, you know, just ordered as much as we could from manufacturers as collectively we saw supply running out. And then when customers came to retail stores and started finding gaps in what they were looking for, then they'd go online to Amazon or whatever and buy it online. Literally cleaned out the handful of importers that uh, and distributors that get that stuff from China. And so yeah. All the big names that you've ever ordered from had zero. zero. No benches, no bars, no weights, no dumbbells, no nothing. I mean, nothing. And, well, and yeah, because it's a six-week Yeah, so China's back into production, yeah. but with a skeleton crew, and they can only make so many so fast right, and right. get it on a ship to mule it over here to the other side of the world. Yeah. And so there's these small little shipments come in, and, you know, it gets, gets decimated. So it's going to be several months. Uh, if not longer, before the supply chains and some of those uh, subcategories get get back to calisthenics, just push-ups, <laughs> sit-ups, moving yeah. your body weight. Well, and that, listen, that's the truth. If if you really want to work out, you you don't need anything. You can do all this, but um, yeah, we sell lots of fitness equipment. So people have been converting their uh, some uh, room in their home or their garage or something into some kind of a workout room and. and uh, I think it's a, a great thing. The gyms will open back up, and some people prefer to go to gyms. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with any of it. It's yeah. whatever you're, whatever keeps you moving. That's it. But having that stuff at home, for me, I'm more consistent. Uh, <coughs> me too. I like to wander back up the stairs and take a shower. Yeah, shower. you got your own bathroom, different. your own shower, your own music. Your it's own a social thing. People are, you know, they have their group to hang out with. Well, that's being. That's where the community mindset comes in you, you get out and go do that stuff that's a, some pluses on that side um, I like the analogy used in your book and I can't remember the exact phrase I was getting delirious last time I was reading it but uh, uh, basically asleep at the wheel but uh, the road uh, oh I think my editor actually had me redoing that because she was the analogy got scrambled but you know basically Jimmy Buffett's what keep, keep it between the navigational beacons is that you know <laughs> Uh, is, is that kind well, of well? It's something like uh, like the <coughs> you know the you're going down the road, but you it's it's all the same after a while, and you're just kind of a oh, uh, I don't remember right. the exact phrase. I knew I should have written it down. Last well, time. yeah, there's but it's so true because I've been through mm -hmm. that in in my business, right? It's like just coasting, 
you know, and, and you you get to that stage in your life if you're a parent or, or you know, your, your kids are in high school and they need your full attention. And in my case, I just come off yeah. losing every penny I had. Yeah. And so I was just kind of just attention. showing up to work and yeah. doing the best I can and got out of it. But it's like, it's interesting now that... Um, Mentally, I've gotten through the uh, financial debacle. I won't say financially, I got through it, but yeah, mentally. Yeah. And my, even my grandmother said years ago before she passed, I, you know, I was bemoaning my story. And she's yeah. like, you know, hey, if you go bankrupt or whatever, life's not over. It's just, yeah. just different. You know, it's, it's just, no big deal. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that gave me a lot of uh, peace. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, you go, you go through it, and then your, your kids need your full attention and, and whatever. And you kind of got through that now and, and know that. Hey, I'll, I'll be okay. Family's okay. Everybody's good. And so now it's like I have this new sense of enthusiasm again with my business, and I'm yeah. falling in love with it again. Yes. And and I had a couple of those. And then and then this pandemic hit. And we, you know, oh, came yeah. like, well, uh, at least I got to go to my store. I just got to get there, and and at least. And what maybe, a great business. Maybe I'll maybe I'll. That's <laughs> my clubhouse, you know. Yeah. But maybe I'll paint the walls. We got to paint them per franchisor agreements, you know, within the next couple of years. So. I gotta make, I gotta make this, yeah. I gotta be impactful and do this now. And I've been having so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That's great. Right. Well, that's why you're a survivor through, you know, yeah. through yeah. thick and thin and keep on rocking. So. You know what I love? Um, did you, you know, uh, the new, the new heads, you know, like Tim Coletti, you know them and stuff? Yeah, that. Renee. I know her, sure. But I don't know Tim. I mean, I know the name. If it's a, well, there's two Renees. One Renee is a oh, dude. Not yeah, it's the the, the Canadian director. Of, she's the female. That yeah, I, but uh, Tim took over Pat's position. Right, he's a director now. Right, I never really met him. Dude, let me tell you. I mean, uh, you know, I've been so thankful because our franchisor has always seemed to have the right people in place for the time that that we were all in. Yeah, you know? that's good to know. And. Uh, and I always thought, you know, Pat did a, did a great job. He, he was he was helpful to me and supportive. But but now this dude that's in place is the right guy for the job, and he has got so much enthusiasm. Oh, that's great. And he's 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 given a lot of attention to get us, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, in get going with e-commerce, focusing on the right things. Yeah, and it's like getting you guys. Oh, focused. just propping me back up, waking me back up. Like okay. Yeah, I got I got some learning to do. I'm 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 an old guy. Let me yeah. uh, learn from some of these young yeah. cats. <laughs> you know. Good. Um, but that, Sweet. that's where you know your your book. I just I just love the title, "Scab Scars and Pots of Gold" or whatever. I mean, because it's so true. Yeah. yeah. You're getting beaten up and bruised. Yeah. You got some stuff that's gonna stay with you. Mm -hmm. And every now and then we just do things right, and this boom. Okay, we made made some money to pay off all those old debts and and have a little bit left for the next phase and. Yep. So we're going to crank that book out, and then my editor's been encouraging me to do a series Great similar idea. to the Who Moved My Cheese or Chicken Soup for the Soul. It's it's and that's and that's the kind of format. Uh, I don't think we mentioned that earlier, but it, you know it's 100 pages, easy page turning. It's e not a how-to book. It's meant to be a storytelling, entertaining book. 
that each story has a business message. Some of the things you found in the golf bags. Are funny. Oh yeah. <laughs> you name it. Yeah, I could name a few things that's the, too. You yeah. name it. That's where everything can be hidden in the dad's old golf bag. <laughs> Sorry, dad. Busted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If your dad's out there, you need to find a new hiding spot. You <laughs> <laughs> just let it out. So, um, but yeah, all that stuff is is just classic. It's just classic humans interacting with humans and makes life just so precious. So yeah, awesome. I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah. So you got any questions uh, for me, man? Got you know, I mean, your family seems to be humming right. Your business is humming right. You you've been getting surfing, so I know that you mentally are in a good place if you're surfing. Yeah. So yeah, and, it, and it's it's be. You know, it's. Uh, I heard Laird Hamilton uh, on the Joe Rogan podcast, but he was talking about like spokes in a wheel, oh, yeah. and he firmly believes that every part of that is integral to the overall happiness and success. You're, you're working hard at work, yes. Yeah. Your family's attended to, yeah. like they should be. You're, you're take, doing something, some physical things yeah. to take care of your body, and you're doing this and this and then all pieces of this puzzle and. and uh, so I'm, try, I'm trying. I'm trying. Oh no, yeah, no. Well, yeah. And the, yeah, never. Each spoke is never tightened exactly perfectly. <laughs> one about to come off. It's a little here. wobble. <laughs> Tighten that sucker up. Uh, but so yeah, I, I you know, I just um, it's so good to see you and yeah. reunite and, yeah. and keep things going, keep things going fresh. So yeah, I'm just rearranging my stars here with a little bit of speaking on you know. How to sell a business, you know, leasing for which, by the way, businesses. Scott Scott not only sold his business, uh, but did it on his terms. Did it did it uh, successfully, and uh, and really five years out made a made a real commitment and a plan and followed through with it and and got uh, all the books in order, got all the numbers in line, was able to command a little bit more money uh, because of it, and uh, and was able, got out and so able to do these things that you want to do. I mean, brilliant. That's so key to small businesses. <laughs> the sound effect. Hot dog. Yeah, a lot of small business people, when you hear it, you know, even midsize, they, they'll value their company a lot higher than what it's really worth mm. um, because they didn't manage the P&L and the balance sheets really to show the profit. Yeah. Um, so it's key that you don't just decide, oh, I want to sell my business, and you think you're, in six months or a year you're going to be able to have it sold for the money you want. Um, so, you, you know, you can't just decide you want to sell it in six months to a year and get the money that you think it's worth. It might be worth that. It might be worth more than you think mm. if you really properly groom the P&L and balance sheet, but it's important to have three years three years of consistently growing and profitable, showing as much profit as possible. So what I did, I had a five-year plan. Three years of P&L and balance sheet management, which groomed and showed as much profit, cash flow as I possibly could. And then I had a two-year marketing plan specifically to sell it. And I did it 19 months out of that two-year two-year marketing plan. So five-year total was the plan you want to be able to show as much cash flow and profit so that you can justify to a bank, the, that your buyer can justify to his bank, 
oh, this is what it's worth and I can pay the mortgage or whatever mm -hmm. it is, the, the loan amount for buying this business. Or even investors or whoever you're bringing in, you may, even if you're not bringing somebody in, maybe you're funding it totally yourself, but you want to pay yourself back. You need to be able to see that pure cash flow and, and profit. Um, so tough for it's me the just, concept of selling the business because again this is all I've ever wanted to do. I'm sure, yeah. I don't, I don't know what else I do. I don't know that I want to do. I love it. You know, it's like I, well, it's, you'll be out it's, there on your rocking it's, chair. It's demanding. <laughs> I don't know if That's physically awesome. I could you could do, do it. it ten years from now, fifteen <laughs> years from now. But the thing is, is like I feel like it also kind of keeps you in shape too. Oh, it does know? So mentally. Oh, well, man, I, exactly. It's like. I sold my that particular business, but I want to build another business yeah. now. And that's what that's where the corporate real estate advisors, we're pure tenant reps, and we're building a commercial real estate business now, where we totally represent um, companies and businesses looking to to lease property or, or buy property. So, but that's my next challenge. Is uh, a lot of these same things are kind of coming into play. Um, People don't walk in your door. You got to go out and say hi. You got to knock on their door, and um, so that's 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 a new challenge for me. So what if this book takes off? Yeah, I definitely want to send it to franchisors, and and if they want to send it to their franchisees as fun reading mm -hmm. to help them with their business, or have me speak at a conference or workshops. Mm -hmm. I've already done uh, some of that already uh, with some local franchises. I don't know how you do it. I can so, speak to anybody one on one, but standing up in front of a crowd, I just, I get, I get too, bent, caught up in trying to be clever. Oh yeah. You know, and I can't just. Well, talk. you know what? Um, it's just practice. I guess. And then so, once yeah. you get, you, and you have, you know, I always have my three by five cards. You know, I start because I will. I'll ramble. I'll <laughs> yeah, I'm a sidetracker like, if there ever was. Oh wait, I'm not even talking about what I was supposed to be talking about anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm out of time. Uh, so. But well, back, back to yeah, businesses and grooming a business and selling a business. Sometimes succession planning comes along. <coughs> you know, someone passes away, divorces happen, weird stuff happens in businesses that you'd never expect. You so be ready. have an exit plan uh, with your partners. You know, from day one when you first sign your partnership agreement, make sure you have an exit plan. So when that day comes, whether you plan the exit or it happens, and you, you've got a you feel like, well, this is what we agreed to. Yeah. If you want to adjust that, fine, but you've got an agreement that was agreed to up front, mm -hmm. so that everybody can fall back to. So what? What? Where, where do? Uh, where do stores make mistakes? There's stores that have been more successful than both of ours, but but maybe they don't. Uh, yeah. Here, here's an interesting one. So, in and in it's a success story. I use it in the book. It's the. The kind candy bars, or not candy bars, excuse me, health food bars. The yeah. kind, K-I-N-D. Candy, yeah. He started out gangbusters, going crazy, and his focus was on growing, growing, growing. But he got to a point where once he started getting a lot of visibility, people started really comparing him more to his competitors a little more. He wasn't flying under the radar so much. And his product and his marketing of his product, which is really your product, right? Branding, mm -hmm. that's, that's who you are in mm -hmm. a lot of senses. Okay, yeah. Wasn't, and he just about lost everything. 
because if it, it just so he he was able to get some private financing to come back in and he spent two years not worrying about sales it's a little bit kind of like what Winmark did for play it again don't worry about selling franchises to everybody let's, let's get, the, get ship right. the product right get so in the play it again format they got they started getting better franchisees in you know hire well then you don't have in problems right right bringing good people at the beginning so they brought it so with kind he went to his product and really did a lot more testing ingredients and um you know what is it uh, you get opinion polls what is it when you go out and she, they worked on the product and the branding really, really well. Totally separated it, made it super unique. Not, not the size as well as yeah. taste, the packaging. It is unique. Everything, right? Yeah. These little short bars. You used to never see those until they came on. Right. A little couple of bites is all you need. Yeah. Right. You know, Just take the edge off. And the margins on those are great. Point is, he got that right. Then within a few years, they were ramping sales back up again turned right back around within five years and he'd made enough he bought his private investors share back in and took it totally 100% back to his control again mm -hmm. so it was a super success story could have gone probably a 10 year roller coaster yeah but yeah I almost went totally sideways there's another company that did not recover because they tried to grow grow so fast and that was a cupcake franchise company out of um, were they a franchise or were they all company owned Anyway, they were out of, um, I think, out of the Northeast. And I, I quote them in the book, too. Well, that's what I was talking about. She was everywhere. Forbes. Everybody was like, this is the next great deal. Genius, yeah. And then, bam, they were gone. Uh, that's what I was talking about, separating confidence from ego. Well, they got, almost took me out with real estate. Yeah, was she wasn't. a real estate Well, that's guy. what happened to her, we actually. Got to figure it out. No, she got sir. all cocky, and they weren't paying attention to their leases. Yeah. And they started signing leases. Oh, we're going to be on, you know... Rodeo Drive, and we're going to have cupcake shops up in Manhattan on all the, the ritziest real estate. And they sell a lot of cupcakes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, they were committed and into long-term liabilities. Going back to cash flow, going back to... And every year that rent goes up a little bit. Just a little. <laughs> so you got to start selling more, more cupcakes. Oh more frosting or something. Less frosting. <laughs> Just jump off the building so, at that point. Yeah. So, anyway, there was a... Good lessons uh, to read about and learn, but there's still always that. No matter how much you learn and read, going through it on your own, you're like, "Oh crap, this is about to happen to me." I've been yeah. reading about this, even I with a to... franchise. Yeah, and the franchise order. And they give me more than I can implement. Yeah, they've they've, they've never held me back in any way. It's, but I can still. It takes a while to get out of my own way, or I suppose for anybody, right. you know, to get out of your own right. way to. Right. Okay, then let me work on this task it's, right it's now. It's interesting next six months, that right? there are. I've seen now that I've been away from this business for a couple of years now, and started studying other franchises. Uh -huh. There are some franchises that have things, bam, their way. You do it their way. These are these are your tools. Use them. Chick Fil A. Uh, I haven't gotten as deep into them, but I guess it's not really a franchise because they own it. And they, uh, they still own it, but you, it's more of a licensing. Yeah. But, but then there are the franchises, it's kind of like where Play It Again came from. And they are, they've, they've, to your point, they've created all these tools 
and the reason they created them was because they do take so much input from the franchisee and so for so many years they had franchisees going well there, there'd be 10 or 15 franchisees that are like why can't we have a report that does this and they're like okay we'll make you one and so they'd have this report that you know for a handful of franchisees it worked for them right and then over here they've got another series of reports gets you to the same goal of yeah. maybe inventory management for baseball skews yeah. or hockey this or whatever it is right. and uh, so they do have a lot of duplication and overlap yeah. in their tools and that's why you shouldn't beat yourself up for saying oh I haven't used half of them yeah. well, you're using the ones that work yeah. and every once in a while you discover a new one that gives you a little tweak and makes you better edge, yeah. makes you better but they're not cramming it down your throat either saying what I like about them. They don't yeah. hassle you. If you're putting a good foot forward, they let you kind of do it. Hey, so tell me about that franchise you're telling. Is it a franchise in Florida, the, the Farm and Fresh? Or, uh... Yeah, yeah, there's a franchise out there. Um, so it's 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 a uh, double drive-through Double drive-through. Yeah, and it's called Farm Stores. Farm Stores, yeah. okay. Started in 1957, and it's a little, well, they actually start. They started selling stuff out on the end of the road as a, as a store back then, but they'd been doing it. It was a family farm from the 30s, I think. So they're growing. I've been learning about them. Um, they're using a model of you can you can go out and buy a franchise or two or three direct, but they've really doing. I think Subway does this as well as UPS, and that's where they sell. Um, development agreements to area representatives and so you it, it'll be interesting because you're not getting as much support direct from the franchisor you're getting support from your area developer okay. who may or may not have a lot of franchise experience they may be more corporate they're out there trying to sell franchises uh. it's their job to develop so it's a, it's a. They haven't gone through their learning curve right. to know what they really. Well, and they're leaning on the franchisor, and the franchisor knows what they're doing. They're they're smart. They've been in yeah. it forever. The people at the top are, um, but it's a shared, a little bit of a shared responsibility uh -huh. yeah. for getting that franchisee up off the ground and going. And they're kind of uh, landholders. Uh, yep, that's yeah. part of the that's that's the way it is with McDonald's and Chick Fil A. Yeah. They own the land, and then you pay you, um, you pay a lease back to to them. And then there's, they've got developer money that's coming in to help them develop the land. So any number of different people can end up owning the land, but the franchisee just signs a lease. Pretty cool. So, Pretty cool so, concept. So, so it's coming. We're, we're, we're I'm investigating some of that some more, so we'll see where that goes. Well, the... Uh... The stars are aligned, and then you got some cool stuff yeah. in the works and yeah. fun. Yeah, but um, we're looking. We helped a lot of people with their real estate leases the last couple of months. Get them deferments, rebates, uh, on on their leasing and renegotiate their leases. So that's something we've really been able to ramp up and help a lot of people. So you know, again, before you sign a lease, ask the right questions, get the right people, get a tenant rep. Um, but if you're in one right now, you're not stuck. Let's turn a dead end into a cul-de-sac. <laughs> I love that. Let's get let's make a decision. Like my haircut, cul-de-sac. <laughs> just had this weird flashback <laughs> of a fund of a fundraiser. Remember the the uh, the nights? 
Yeah, the Atlanta Knights. The Atlanta Knights, and they did a fundraiser up in the seats, and yeah. you could come up and uh, they would cut your hair for free, but you had to give them money for a donation because it went to a charity. And uh, did you, myself and Frank? Frank had our hairs cut. We, we, <laughs> I forgot about we, that. <laughs> we challenged each other. And, uh, yeah, I think my wife was pregnant, and I came home at Bold. 3 a.m. with a, well, I think I had a mohawk. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot about that. I just saw Frank in Mexico, uh, first part of March. We were, or, Did he go with you? Did you go together? Well, we yeah. met him down there. Yeah, cool. Uh, uh, but uh, darn it, I wish I, I could have brought that up, uh, the fundraiser. We'll catch up with that anyway. But yeah, I don't, I know, I don't want to wear people out. Well, this no, has been this awesome. is good. Yeah, fun to awesome, chat, awesome. man. Really, and and uh, like I said, the book is real, real helpful. I'm going to read it Thank again because it's uh, it's worth reading. And uh, it's a, like you said, it's a quick yeah. read. Great title, Scabs. What, what's the full title? Mm -hmm. Scabs, Scars, and Pots of Gold. True Life Stories of a Successful Franchisee. Bam, how about that? So any of you out there thinking about doing your own thing, among other things, get, get this book. Um, check it out. And uh, it can't hurt, my brothers and sisters. <laughs> All right, guys. Scott, you want to leave us off with anything? Play more, man. Play, Play more, more, baby. All right, take care. So, all right, hey, I hope you enjoyed the show. Again, this has been brought to you by Played Again Sports in Kennesaw. And if you like the Play More podcast, just please do us a favor. Uh, subscribe. Uh, you can rate and review it. Share it with anyone you think might like it. Uh, and don't forget, you can always email the show at surferj1 at gmail.com. That's S-U-R-F-E-R-J-A-Y, the number one, at gmail.com. And I'll reply. Also, you can check us out on Instagram at PIA Sports Kennesaw. Uh, so just go take care of yourself and be strong, safe, less vulnerable, and be able to do the things you want to do and play more. <laughs>